Yeah. I thought it would be fun to pull that one out and just sing Jesus Loves Me because not only is it a simple term, song, a simple tune, to me it's very reminiscent. It brings back my mother singing to me. It reminds me of, of you know, Sunday school class, just singing that, that gentle song. But as an adult, the message still brings true in my life because regardless of what I'm, I'm facing, in fact, sometimes because of what I'm facing, I realize that Jesus loves me. I want to take a quick moment to kind of give you an update on the Lenten season, which starts this Wednesday with Ash Wednesday. Uh, if you want to get technical, it starts Tuesday morning. If you want to go get your traditional pancake, that's a thing. But uh, Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday. I will go ahead and put a, uh, an Ash Wednesday message on the, on the podcast. If you're looking for a, a traditional Ash Wednesday service, a lot of our uh, sister churches in the area typically will do one. You might check or, or let me know. Um, I think last year, the Methodist Church in Versailles and, and also the um, Presbyterian Church both had services on Wednesday, but you might check there as well. Some of them do the traditional ashes and some of them, uh, it's more of just a kind of a prayer service. So however you choose to celebrate, Ash Wednesday is the kickoff of the Lenten season as we prepare ourselves for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and during this Lenten season, this 40-day period, There'll be some Bible studies throughout. So uh, again, here in a couple of weeks, we'll have our, our Bible study before church at 8.30 in the morning. On um, Easter morning, we'll do a sunrise service. I think if the calendar is right, sunrise is about 6.40, 6.44-ish. So we'll probably gather around 6.30 on the lawn. The, tree, the sun comes up right between those trees. It's gorgeous. I think in six years, we've only had to do it inside once, maybe twice. So we'll have it outside weather permitting in here if not. Afterwards, we'll do the hot breakfast indoors, and then I'll have the sanctuary open, have some music on. People can come and go as they please, but we will have our traditional Easter or Resurrection Sunday at 10 a.m. All this will be in the newsletter, of course, and on the sign and Facebook and all that wonderful stuff. But it's a busy season. It's a busy season. For, for me, it's a busier season than Easter, but honestly, for, I'm sorry, the Christmas, but for me, Easter is the exciting part, right? Because it's because of Easter and the Easter message and the Easter miracle that we celebrate Christmas, right? It wasn't just the birth of a, a great person. This is the birth of the Savior that came to you know, full culmination with the Easter story. So look forward to celebrating Lent with you and resurrection. This morning, this week, we continue the current message series I've titled, What's Missing?, each week we are looking at a passage from Scripture to make sure we aren't overlooking an intended idea or purpose or lesson. By doing so, perhaps we can come a little closer to proper application and can take confidence that nothing in this particular area is missing from our own understanding. And this week we're going to look at Scripture that is at the core of my personal ministry. Um, go ahead and flip that slide there. Um, yeah, and this is this is the one that that Heather read this morning from Matthew 22, 36 through 40. And it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And when I say it's at the core of my personal ministry, because I am, I am compelled by this thing I call being third, Right? It's really easy to look at this and say God first and others second. But a lot of times we miss that part that says as yourself. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week is what the as yourself means. And I've used this example a lot almost exhaustively in the last handful of years. 
But if I put myself first, it is just me putting myself first. But if I put all of you first, or ahead of me anyway, and, and you're putting me, then right, all boats rise, because I am now number two for a bunch more people than just my own number one, which is misplaced priority anyway. So that's the way it's supposed to be, and we never want to forget about ourselves. So we'll talk about things we had before about self-care and self-love, and we'll briefly touch on it this morning. I promise to only want make one Super Bowl reference as I tell you about our Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, this week. But here it comes. Go ahead and change that slide. If you saw the game, you probably remember this moment when Jerick McKinnon slid just short, like on the one-yard line, and stopped. Okay? So remember that image. Go ahead and click. I'm going to show you this, the video. So the score, we're at the end of the game. Minute 48 seconds left. Go ahead and start it, but it's going to take a second to go. Minute and 48 seconds left, tied 35 to 35. Look where we're at, right? You go ahead. It'll go. It's going to stop right there. It's got a pretty good shot to the, to the goal line. This would get us up by at least six, right? Go ahead and, and click it one more time. Now start that. Watch what he does. He stops short and he stops in line, and it took a minute for a lot of people to figure it out, and then the commentators explained what happened. Okay, what he had done was he had stopped from scoring, but he used time off the clock, and by staying bound, that allowed some time to burn up. Now, here's what's good about that: these are the two top teams in the NFL, and you don't want to leave a lot of time for someone else to come back and score, even if you're up. That's that is respecting the other opponent. So he had a chance to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, okay? Right there. Leave that up there for a second. Dare I say that none of us will ever play in the NFL? I'm not saying I'm past my prom. I'm just saying that boat has sailed. But we could all learn from this incredible situation and this awareness that, that Jarek McKinnon had, okay? He sacrificed scoring a touchdown on the largest stage to help his team win the game. By doing that, it allowed the Kansas City Chiefs to have enough time, but only enough time to score and shut down the other team, okay? I think it would have been really hard, two reasons for me. One, just to not see how close that is in score, right? And with all the goodness, another thing is to think about it that quickly, what does this mean around me? Go back to the slide there, the next one. Keep that perspective in mind as we consider what it means to love others as yourself. Now prepare yourself because I'm about to geek out on some semantics. The simple word as, this two letters as, can be used as an adverb, right? A comparison. It can also be used as a conjunction, which means two things happening at the same time. Therefore, to love someone as yourself can be interpreted to mean loving others the same way that you love yourself. And it also interpreted to mean that you love others while you love yourself. And in the absence of having a direct translation for the original weak word hosts, I think it's prudent to consider both possibilities. But in order to do that well, I'm going to use the word reconciliation. All right. Now, this brings back memories from, from school when you had to learn to reconcile your bank statement. I don't even know if we have to do that anymore. But that's the word I think about reconciliation is reconciling my checkbook. Do I have what the bank says I have? 
And maybe you've heard it more regarding relationships, like you're reconciling these broken or strained relationships. And as a part of my ordination and ongoing standing as a pastor, I'm required every two years to repeat a course on anti-racism and pro-reconciliation. So don't be prejudiced, but go a step further and promote relationships as well. That's reconciliation, right? Getting these things to, to come in agreement. In the context of this morning's message, the reconciliation that must take place is the how and why we love others and the how and why we love ourselves. So look again at the scripture to remember that Heather read. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now that's its own sermon topic, right? About how completely and holy, W-H-O-L-E, holy we love this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, as yourself. That commandment, the second most important, according to Jesus himself, is that we must love others as ourselves. Whether we interpret this to mean the same way or, the, or just the same time, I think we can agree that the instruction is to love others and ourselves similarly. There are many ways to miss the mark on this instruction, even, even with our best intentions. Some choose to love others more than they love themselves. Some choose to love themselves more than anyone else. There are extremists is where we only love ourselves, and just as bad, some people don't love themselves at all. None of these are according to God's will, and, serve to, and they serve to rob us of the abundant life that he desires for his children. If that last one is you, if you struggle to see and love yourself, then I want to just take a couple minutes. I got some words of encouragement that aren't my words, they're God's words. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanships, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and we should walk in them. I think there used to be an old bumper sticker that says, God don't make no junk, right? Do you remember that? God don't make no junk. 1 John 3.20-21, If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and, we know, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. We got to see ourselves as God sees us. 2 Timothy 1.7, this is a letter from Paul to young Timothy. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. See the power, not shame, in the self-reflection when you look at yourself the way God looks at you. And Romans promises no condemnation for us, Christ Jesus. And so there's no condemnation when we face our true self. There's nothing that we've done or could do that would take us away from God's love. So why would we allow ourselves to be robbed of our love for ourselves? Philippians 1.6 says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. You, my friends, are a work in progress. You don't walk into a half-painted room or a whatever it may be, half-done piece of work and, and say it's not good because it's not done. You, my friends, are not done. Colossians 3.12 says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, because he has chosen you, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience to yourself as well as others. Love your neighbors as yourself. And we know that we are to be how we are to be towards our neighbors, right? We've, we've read those scriptures. Be that way towards yourself. Don't miss the message of being a part of God's love and his love story for you. And I just want to pause on this, this point a little bit longer just because it's so incredibly important, right, that we remember that. So I want to consider those words. I'm going to share a music video by Lauren Daigle 
The song is titled You Say. in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure love Am I more than just the sum of every high and every Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know
put the CSLI number on there so I can put the whole song in the podcast. But some of the things that, you know, that jump out at me as I hear that again, a couple weeks ago, we were looking at the, the word in everything, be thankful, right? And when I took it apart to the original text that the Bible was written, and it was in everything, two separate words. And so as I heard her sing those words, it says, I'm more than just the sum of my highs and lows, right? It's not just this, on average, I'm okay, on average, you love me. Saying in everything, it's more than the sum, it's the highs, it's the low, you love me. And that's the message of that. And so hopefully that song didn't need to speak to you because you don't think of yourself that way. But maybe you need to put that song and those lyrics in your back pocket for a day when you're not feeling very good about yourself. Because those are the words of, of God himself telling you that I believe in you. It doesn't matter what I think because I know you, child. I love you. I created you this way. And so I pray those verses and those lyrics are, are just a loving reminder of the truth about who you are and how God sees you. And if you, you still struggle with seeing yourself with the value and delight that God does, reach out, reach out to someone. Open the Bible, talk to God, your friends, talk to me, so we can remind you of who you are. Because when it comes to struggles over the commandment to love others ourselves, some choose to love others more than they love themselves, even though they do love themselves. And I know this sounds noble and good and, and saintly, and, and God certainly wants us to consider others and provide for their needs, but Scripture also warns about moderation. And it might not seem applicable here, you know, or in other cases when we're doing good. But this is well, that sometimes well-intentioned selfless acts can lead to a personal neglect, uh, unnecessary sacrifice, or even martyrdom, right? And, and that leads to resentment, and we want to enjoy our ministry. God wants us to delight in the things that we do. We love our family. They might make us mad. Yeah. <laughs> but we, okay, I thought that was a comment. <laughs> we love our family. When our children were young, we would do all these small sacrifices to, to comfort them and, and make sure they were safe and, and happy. I mean, how many times did you watch an annoying show over and over? Damn it, right? Was it Barney? Was it the Wiggles? Was it something else, right? And you just hear it over and over, but you just tolerate it because your child likes it. Or, or how many times did you have to listen to that toy that, that someone gave them that makes all that noise, but it's their favorite? Or you, you haul a bunch of gear so that you could go somewhere outside of the house for a little while, right? The diaper bag and maybe the pack and play and all that stuff. We do that for our kids because we love and we'll put ourselves out a little bit. Now consider the instructions you receive when you board an airplane, right? What do they tell you to do in case of a loss of cabin pressure? Put your mask on first, right? It's not because we want anything to happen to people around us, but we need to take care of ourselves so we can take care of others. Sometimes taking care of ourselves first and deliberately is the least selfish thing that we can do. So, you know, sometimes we come to church for the purpose of getting what we need so we can be that elsewhere, right? Our base camp, I described it once. It's our base camp where we come, we encourage ourselves, we get our supplies, we get our equipment and go out and we come back. And we go out and we come back. It's okay. It's okay to pause. The great leaders of the Bible all had to, be, had to pause or be told to pause to take care of themselves. The reason I spent intentional time talking first about seeing yourself as God sees you is because he is your supply. Breathe in his love and you will be equipped to love others the way that he loves you, which is also the way that you should love yourself. Some people, perhaps all people, or just some of the time, but whatever it may be, choose to put themselves first. 
Perhaps these are the ones we often think of in regard to this commandment. We go to that, that verse and we say, yeah, after we're reminded, right, to love others more than ourselves. So we can be both sides. You know, we forget that sometimes we don't love ourselves as much, but sometimes we think we inordinately love ourselves. Um, so be careful not to develop the sense of complacency or dare I say pride by thinking of yourself as not having this particular problem, at least today. I, one of the most powerful parts of, of what I've gone through spiritually, I went through this um, event, I'll call it, called Kairos. Now, I know that's the name of a prison ministry. That is not the one I went through. But I went through, it's a, it's a freedom ministry at a church in, in Dallas. And I remember going through there, and it was an intense two or three days, and it's very personal. I remember coming to terms with some of the things I had done and done wrong, and then some of the guilt that I was carrying over them. And, and that was a very good experience. And two years later, I got an email said, hey, we're doing a Kairos part two. I'm like, well, I don't need follow-up, right? Why do I don't, you know, if I did it right. But in the second one, I learned to forgive myself. I carried that guilt that I had, and, and it, you know, that I didn't see myself. I hadn't forgiven myself for those things like God had, and it kind of hung on. And a year later, my, my local church had a men's retreat. And I just, I, I'll be honest, I scoffed a little bit. It was like, oh, this is a Kairos wannabe, or if you've heard of Breakthrough or something like that, like one of those kind of wannabes. And so I went in there, and I'm, I'm seeing people experience this thing. I'm like, well, I'm glad I don't have that problem. Oh, that really hurt me when I thought that. You know, I'm glad I don't have this problem or this addiction, because God says mine, even though I've gotten a handle on that particular one, right? God says mine isn't any better or different. So we have to be very careful and become, not to become complacent or prideful when we, when we think about the struggles of other people and how and why we should love them. Jesus warns about hypocrisy in Matthew 7, 1 through 5. He says, do not judge or you too will be judged. Uh-oh. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Uh-oh. And the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Uh-oh. I'd better use a pretty big measure on grace and forgiveness, and acceptance, right? right? I'm not talking about affirmation. I'm not saying what you're doing is okay, what I'm doing okay. I'm talking about acceptance. Look, you're struggling, I'm struggling. Let's, let's, let's work on this. You will not get a judgment from you. And you will hear in the same passage, you know, the, 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 the one about the sawdust in your eye, right? About judging others. That is, the, that is a scripture we go to when we think about hypocrisy. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? And then Jesus lets him have it. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It doesn't have to be that profound, but sometimes... We, we kind of reflect and deflect and, and other people's sins bother us more than our own bothers us. But you know what? That's not a condemnation. It's a story of the love of God has for us, that he loves them and he loves me, whatever our struggles may be. So whichever side of the line you find on, right? And we all fall in one or, or jump back and forth. Do I love other people more than myself? Am I not loving myself enough? Am I loving myself too much? And am I not loving somebody else, right? The Bible is clear that there should be no disparity, absolutely no difference between loving others and loving myself. So a good rule of thumb would be to follow the instructions of Matthew 7, 12. You'll have to go back because I told you how to order for the golden rule. There it is. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. That's Matthew 7, 12. 
right? Or we hear it, do unto others as you have them do unto you. Notice the same wording. This is the law and the prophets. That same last phrase, it appeared in, in this week's scripture, remember, as well. Now, just as a, a, just a, a review, the First Testament books, if you look at them in, in Hebrew, right? If you, if you look at it as, as the Jewish people did, the Israelites did, the Old Testament books, the First Testament was divided into the law and the prophets. Those were the two categories, right? So he's not saying the actual law and the prophets. He's saying all of that stuff that you've been taught, that I'm teaching you from the First Testament, the stuff that we still read, follow, and believe today in this book. He's saying this is, this is a summary of what your instruction is. Do others, love others. Love God first, love others. Don't forget yourself. Love yourself. He says all of the rules, all the commandments hang on these. All the law and the prophets. He demonstrated as he, as he ate dinner in the homes of tax collectors, the despised. He spent time among the marginalized people and was criticized for it. And he lived a humble life. I mean, he was born in a manger, raised as a carpenter, entered a city on a donkey, nailed to a criminal's cross, and buried in a borrowed tomb. And then coming into the glory that waits us all, thanks to him. All this because he loves God first. And he loves you just as much in the same way that he loves the person next to you and the way he loves the people you love and even the people you don't love and the way he loves himself. That's the message. That's the example of Jesus Christ. And when he was hanging, suffering on that cross, he was taunted and mocked. They said, if you are who you say you are, save yourself. Come down off that cross. Don't you know that he absolutely could have saved himself and himself alone? He could have crossed that goal line by himself and gotten that victory. They said, cross that line and show us who you really are. But he showed us who he really was by staying on that cross. Jesus loves you too much to be the only one to win. He gave up his life. And then when he overcame death and entered into God's kingdom, he kept his promise that he made in John 14, 3. He says, I go and prepare a place for you. I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am, right? If we die as he dies, we live as he lives. You are loved and you are lovable. Every person that you can possibly think of, they are lovable. They are loved by God. And they're, so the commandment is, are you loving them as you love yourself? Let's make that our prayer. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, as we gather here on Sunday morning, we ask you to move in our hearts to remind us just how much you love us and just the reason why. Lord, you tell us yourself that, that there's nothing we could do, say, think, or act that would separate us from your love if, if my children will call on my name, if they will repent, if they will turn away from their sins, then I will. That's the promise. Lord, help us to remove that if from our side of the equation so we can redeem that promise. So if we need to love ourselves more, would you help us to see ourselves the way you do, to reflect in truth what it is that is good about us? Lord, will you help us to reconcile how we love ourselves and love each other, that we see each other for who we are, not what we've done, but as children of God, you, creator, who made us all 
as being good and to do good. And Lord, we all fall short. So let us look at ourselves and each other equally with grace and forgiveness and acceptance and just try to encourage each other to be more like Jesus Christ who exemplified all the things you've asked us to do. Lord, if there's something in our life that's holding us back, would you, would you point it out? Lord, we know the difference between being convicted and that uncomfortable feeling and being condemned. And you do not condemn, Lord. You just, you just convict. You just put things on our heart that we need to work on. So Lord, help us as we enter this Lenten season to remove all the things that take up time and space in our lives, our mind, our hearts that truly belong to you so we can truly and freely accept that which you freely gave to us gift of glory and resurrection and redemption in your son's name. It's in his name we pray. Amen.